0: see that flashing sign up there now that sign says applesauce
1: <laughs> no no I, I, i'm kidding it says applause <laughs> all right now remember we're on in 10
2: seconds so get ready to have a good time all right here we go
1: and welcome to the Directors Club Podcast. I am Jim Laskowski.
0: And I am Patrick Rapol And with us, we have a special guest. Ooh.
3: Um, Hey, guys. I'm Carly Petrowski.
0: Carly Petrowski.
1: Yes. Yep. We're very excited to have her on the show tonight.
0: First third guest we've had.
1: Yes. Yep. Won't be the last.
3: Well. I'm not cool or anything, though. I don't have any cool credentials. I don't... Uh, contribute to any uh, radio shows. I don't write on any movie websites or anything. But that's so. exactly
1: why we want you on the show, Carly. You're just a regular Joe who likes movies, you know? You're, you're not geeky, you know? Well,
3: I, I would say I have an above average... Oh, well, I know, you know. I would agree with that. ...likeness for movies. I just am not quite as uh, into it as you guys are.
0: What are your feelings on Miranda July? We
1: don't
3: have oh, to talk God. about that right now. Why would you even bring that up in this situation? <laughs>
2: What
0: is she? She fucking hates we Miranda July. Okay, she, we, can I, talk,
1: we can talk about it when she. talk about it when she <laughs> releases her new movie, and then we could do a Miranda July episode. Yeah,
0: Carly will probably join us for the Miranda July episode. Hell yes, she I didn't will.
3: say I wouldn't see it. I'll definitely go see it. I just you better see it. it.
0: I, I really want to see your reaction.
1: Yeah, but you shouldn't walk
0: to in. a movie narrated walk by in a kid with an open mind.
3: I'll try. I'll I'll truly, genuinely try. I really will. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah. We're very excited to uh, discuss Chicago's own John Landis today. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's from
3: Chicago? I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. he is. He and I have the same shape of glasses.
1: Hmm. That's true.
3: And I'm really proud of that for some reason.
0: Um, me and him have the same uh, body shape. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm assuming
0: he has kind of oh, a belly. Okay. Like and me and him
1: have the same affinity for boobs and nudity. Yeah. Because yeah. even in... The, the 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 slightest or the, the the you know any pretty much any John Landis movie has some sort of reference to boobs or nudity or cleavage mm-hmm. or something
3: you know what's funny I'm married to a costume designer and I have a son named Max, just like John landis
0: yeah that's really suffice to say he's a very relatable guy
3: oh
2: yeah, I
0: think all of us have a little John Landis in us, especially his wife oh, God. yeah <laughs> Ooh. I don't think that was Ooh, what? yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not an insult. They got ma- they have marital relations. Oh, I can't, yeah. can't believe that. a
3: married couple has sex. Ooh, gross. Oh man,
1: I really showed him.
3: <laughs> sure yeah,
1: did. but we're definitely going to be talking about two movies of his, and I don't know if we chose. The best, yeah.
0: We'll get into it later, but uh, we we chose two movies for a specific reason, and then that reason ended up not being as valid as we thought. But that's for the second half of the show. Uh, for the first half of the show, uh, I thought we'd get down to business.
1: Yeah, I want to talk some business, yeah, if that's cool with y'all. It's
0: it's, uh, it is business time, I believe.
1: It's business, it's business time, yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. Um, uh, I have an email. Oh, good. Do you want to hear it?
1: Yeah, I do. Very much so. Because we like getting emails at yeah. directorsclubpodcast
0: at gmail.com. Um, but you put an extra at there. So it sounds like that's our Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: By the way, I can't wait till people stop putting at when they give Twitter names. Mm. Like at this, It's like a www do they w do thing. That? I don't even yeah, know. people always go, oh yeah, and you can follow me at com or something. And. You just need to say... All
3: you got to do is just say this the username. Well,
0: yeah, because it, it all starts with that. It's the... When people used to do websites, they'd always put the www at the beginning. Right, yeah.
1: right. Oh, before we get to the email, yeah. I just want to... Who uh, needs s- it? A side note. Um, we're taking next week off.
0: Well, yeah, we're switching yeah. to a, to a every other week format.
1: Right. We don't want to get people's hopes up next week. They're all waiting around by their iTunes feed and mm-hmm. anxiously waiting episode so five. So it's going to be
0: two twice a month instead of uh, every week. Yes. So yeah.
1: starting on February 11th, we'll get back to recording again. And that's probably for the best. Otherwise, you know, me, me and Patrick can't do this every single week. Right. Because we get tired of looking at each other and talking and about it. And I get movies. tired of
3: hearing it being recorded. That's
1: yeah, true. It, very much so. It turns into Felix and Oscar time. Mm-hmm. You throw spaghetti at, on the wall and yeah. get all mad.
0: Yeah. You were, you were talking about the cat and the grouch, respectively, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did they ever do a crossover, I wonder? Felix the cat and Oscar the grouch? <laughs>
1: I, they should. I'd watch it. I that should know. be a Sesame Street
0: skit. I don't really follow the extended universe Sesame Street very much. I'm, only, I'm strictly Aww. canon Sesame Street. <laughs> you know, I don't get into okay. that shit where they go back to Chewbacca's home planet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm mixing metaphors. Uh, do you want to uh, hear the email?
1: I do. Let's 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 hear that shit.
0: It's from a listener in uh, Jolly Old England.
1: Oh, really?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But he doesn't mm. have an accent. Uh, he's from California, and his name is Stephen Ray Morris, and he says, "Great work on the podcast so far." Thanks, Stephen. Speaking. <laughs> of post-apocalyptic slash dystopian films like Brazil, what other of that ilk do you guys hate and love? Please, for more Amber Tamblyn enjoyment, you two have to talk about your favorite guilty pleasures. I think a movie like Fear and Loathing is enjoyable in retrospect. I think you're right about the exhaustion factor. And Patrick's greatest hit comments where people talk about it, they just remember the highlights of the highlights. Uh, Word about Breakfast Club... I like to think a lot of the characters as different voices in one mind, like a series of internal arguments. And in that sense, it's a very intriguing movie. And hmm. a lot of movies are very intriguing when you willfully misread them. Uh, anyway, keep up the great <laughs> work. Fella. That's that's my own commentary. That wasn't there. There
1: is going to be at least one knock on John Hughes per episode. I think uh, that would courtesy be fun. Of Patrick. Cause that's I don't like, hate John Hughes. As that's going to be does. the uh,
0: chalkboard gag where I just, i knock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But,
1: um, Anyway,
0: keep up the great work, fellas. You two are inspiring me to get back into cinema mode. I'd love to join sometime soon. Any thoughts about the Hobbit movie, good idea, or disaster waiting to happen?
1: Well, I think Peter Jackson's in the hospital.
0: Yeah, he oh, did. That really? was Yeah. <laughs> he hurt himself.
1: Poor doing guy. what?
0: Filming. Yeah.
3: Ooh. How, yeah. how uh... Well, you
0: know, they, they're in New Zealand, and they're filming on all the landscapes So they are stuff.
3: filming the Hobbits, what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He's probably put his director chair in some uneven ground and tipped over
3: i would pay to see that youtube video though
0: (laughs) oh yeah
3: just like peter jackson
0: chair fail
3: (laughs) (laughs) although it's just a funny situation for anyone to be in i would pay for that to happen to anyone so i could watch it
0: let's uh let's 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 uh hit these questions
1: you know i should have prepared a list of dystopian post-apocalyptic movies but off yeah. the top of your head can you think I, of some other than for like me Blade i, I Runner feel they're or, very
0: they're very different uh i feel like they're opposite genres one is just about like total lack of society and one is about the society, yeah, society. yeah way too yeah. much society yeah um but uh you know i love road warrior
1: Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of I'm Mad, not a Max big Mad Max
0: I'm not even a big Mad Max fan as much, but Road Warrior is just an well, I'm excellent I'm not too movie.
1: crazy about Beyond Thunderdome, that's for sure, but yeah. I, I like the other two quite a bit.
0: Uh, Boy and His Dog. Uh, Which
1: I haven't seen, and I've been meaning to. I think I, it's on
0: Netflix Instant. You should yeah. check it out. It's really good.
1: I mean, I like all those movies that have taken place, you know, where, you know, what was at the end of the world or something like that. Oh, my God. Hey. I should turn that phone off. That would yeah, be smart. We don't want to get any phone numbers or phone Everyone calls. Everyone
0: worried that a clown just came in and was going to murder us all. It was uh, just Jim getting it's a It's
1: My sister being a bitch.
0: Yeah, yeah. that was. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you could have just, <laughs> just left that one out. Yeah,
3: that that would have been. Oh that's okay.
0: man!
1: All right, she, she'll never listen to this.
0: So uh, how
3: do you know that? I haven't seen
0: I know. anyway. Post apocalyptic. I haven't seen The Road uh, yet.
1: Oh, my God. That's a pretty devastating film.
0: Um, what's this I really quiet, liked it. What's the one in Australia, like This Quiet Earth, where the where the man suddenly, yeah. the last... That almost seems like a different kind of movie, the Last Man on Earth movies. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Would Children of Men qualify?
0: Children of Men is in the other one. That children of Men's dystopia. Okay. Um, but yeah. you can sort... But because there's no more children being born in it, you could see it going toward... It's, it's where dystopia goes towards... Uh, um a post apocalyptic.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: Because, you know, you know in thirty years from now, you know, from where that movie takes place, uh it you know, there's not gonna be any people left. Well, unless the actual human project works, which is ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But that's one of my favorite all time movies. I love Alfonso Cuaron Uh Itu Mama Tambien's like in my top ten of all time. And uh yeah. I really love children of men I'm super excited about gravity. Um the movie he's working on now oh, i
1: thought you're gonna talk about the actual gravity yeah and i'm it's been super for a very excited
0: about
3: that john mayer song honestly i sort of did for like a second
0: i'm just really excited about anything newtonian really uh you know um, object in motion stays in motion that that kind of that kind of yeah. stuff just gets me giddy i know uh carly do you have any post-apocalyptic uh dystopian movies
1: you're a fan of like escape from new york
3: um not particularly <laughs> nothing nothing that comes to mind right away so I guess not.
0: All right. Um That's what great. about uh guilty pleasures?
3: Oh god.
0: Cuz the other the other pod- I don't feel uh, guilty for my pleasures. I know. The previous podcast I was mocking Jim because he sees every movie that Amber Tamblin's in because she's pretty and Mm-mm. Well, oh yeah.
3: I actually think she's a good actress. You don't think she's pretty? Okay, the way you yeah, but you, you like but you see terrible
0: that kind of... movies that she's in. Like,
3: well, I'm dedicated. I d- have oh,
1: seen, seen every Jeff Bridges movie too.
0: Right, but Jeff Bridges <laughs> is Jeff Bridges, and Amber Tamblyn is Amber Tamblyn.
1: Yeah, but I still appreciate her as an actress and like watching her on the screen, not mm-hmm. just because she's pretty. I don't want to write her off in that way, you know. All What's right. wrong with that? I just,
0: <laughs> I, I mean, mean there's I, a I, lot wrong with that. Just you know, but okay. Okay. Uh, if you're equating Jeff Bridges and Amber Tamblyn, I see a lot wrong with that. I'm not. You know,
1: I'm just saying that as an example of when I when I you know I'm my two favorite actors are hmm.
0: Alexis Bledel and Robert De Niro. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, when
1: I'm dedicated to something, I stay dedicated to it. Yeah. I don't really like Matthew Sweet's recent albums, but I've listened to and bought every single one of his albums just because I'm a dedicated fan. You're loyal. Yeah, I'm loyal to everything. When I, when I become a fan of something, yeah, I just, I try to stick with it and, you know, they might put out shit stuff quite often in the case mm-hmm. of Amber Tamlin, but I have watched it and I was like, all right, well, oh, well, <laughs> one of these days she'll be in a good movie again.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Well, what's again, by the way? What yeah, good movies is she in? I was, I was kind in?
1: of wondering. Stephanie Daly. By far her best movie.
0: Stephanie Daly? Yes. All right. Oh,
3: good. I never saw it. Okay. Yeah. It's excellent. <laughs>
0: Um, what it's are some of your guilty pleasures, spoiler. Carly?
3: Movies we're talking about. We're talking. Okay, so you ha- <laughs> you have to. to what specify. what kind of
0: podcast is this?
3: <laughs> well, I only I only hear a portion of it when it's recorded. I mean, I usually am doing something else, so yeah. I mean, I only hear what I hear.
0: Okay, spoiler warning: movie podcast. <laughs> oh.
3: Okay. Um, is that why you had to watch movies to be on this? Is yeah. That- <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Remember how I didn't ask you to listen to any albums to be on here?
3: Or- <laughs> um, the movie that comes to mind right away is actually the uh, Drew Barrymore movie Ever After. Um, it's not a good movie at all. <laughs> but I was given the VHS tape as a gift, and I'm going to say... Maybe third grade, fourth grade, somewhere around there, and huh. I just—I don't know. Whenever it's on TV, I have to watch it. Oh
0: yeah, the don't... good has the Goodfellas <laughs> effect for you.
3: Was that? I don't know.
0: Um, I think I think someone just won in Family Feud. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they ran out of time on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire.
0: Oh, okay, that works too.
3: Um, but yeah, no, I really like the movie Ever After. Um, I kind of I, have a thing for period pieces. I, I really saw do.
0: No, I I've seen I saw Who Wants to Be a Millionaire recently. It's changed since Regis was on there. Oh,
3: totally. I I watched it the like other day too.
0: Five lifelines now, or
3: um, there's all different yeah. kinds of lifelines, yeah, and you can skip are. questions. And I got really pissed because he Vera. skipped a question that I like knew, and I was yeah. shouting it. I'm like, why can't you hear me? That's
0: so weird to me. <laughs> That's very strange.
3: I guess they must have been just had horrible ratings. You know, it's ironic, it up.
0: Carly, that you mention Ever After as your favorite uh it's as not your, my as a, favorite it well not as i mind. mean as a gu- as a guilty pleasure because my guilty pleasure um also involves leonardo da vinci that's a
3: oh god yeah it's hudson
0: hawk <laughs> i hawk. really really
3: no i like hudson hawk too when i can understand it's what's so going
0: grating on. <laughs> it's not a good movie
3: patrick and i watch it's, uh hudson hawk every christmas that's
0: true because I'm a big fan of arbitrary traditions.
1: That's a good idea.
0: So we watch Hudson Hawk once a year, every Christmas. Um, year I've we'll, seen it. Uh, I've seen it twice now, once drunk and once sober. It made about equal sense each time.
3: Yeah, one 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 day, one year will actually, you know, make sense of it. But I don't know. Still waiting for that. I was to.
0: listening to another podcast um, where they they cover like kind of bad or cult movies, and they that would uh, be it, film sack. Yeah, film sack. Uh, I I was kind of against giving a plug. Oh, no, they're fine, uh, but, though. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. We listen
1: to other podcasts. We talked about that before. That's
0: true. Um, but anyway, uh, one guy had a theory that everything after the initial museum heist is a dream.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe though. That's, like, not bad for a uh-huh. theory. Um, I'm trying to think of any other guilty it's pleasure movies. I love easy. The Room. Yeah. The Room's a big guilty pleasure for me. I think it's really funny.
1: It is extremely funny.
0: Well, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I would even categorize like movies that are so bad they're good as the same thing as like guilty pleasure because you're enjoying it the way everyone else is enjoying it. Yeah. Whereas something like Me and Crank, you know, (laughs) Crank's just like an aggressively stupid and weird movie, but I love it because it.
1: I think it's pulls no punches. I like it. I like the visual style of it so.
0: I'm not no. I don't it I think the editing I I find really quick cutting really grating. Um, so
1: you must hate Natural Born Killers.
0: Yeah, I do. Oh, I do okay. hate Natural Born I didn't Killers. I know you did. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Can I cross over into television guilty pleasures? Yeah, if you like. Um, I'm a big fan of 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom. I don't know why I'm just really fascinated with the lives of teen mothers. Yeah,
0: I I'm I'm usually at your house when you're watching it and uh Cause you're my girlfriend. I don't know if we mentioned this, but <laughs> I thought I'd get put that out there. So I'm usually there, and every episode seems like the exact same as the one before it.
3: Um, well, it's continuing storylines. I mean, it's going to be similar.
0: No, I mean, mm-hmm. like, ev- like every episode is this. She finds out she's pregnant. Um. There, the voiceover goes, I just didn't know what I was going to do. And then it cuts to a scene where oh, six, she's talking oh, with her friends. Oh, 16 and
3: pregnant is definitely really monotonous. Teen and mom her, is different.
0: And then uh, the conversation she has with her friends is the exact same as is the narration it, Oh, I know. Had. I
3: know. Where it's just like, and then it's like so what are you going to do about the baby's daddy? Well, yeah. I don't know. I hope we stay together. What are you going to do for money? Like they ask her the same questions. It's totally <laughs> scripted. You can totally tell.
0: But you can't – like you love every episode though. Like it's, not,
3: not every episode. Sometimes I hate the girls and – I don't really care about them anymore. Well, I mean,
0: what something has to keep you coming back.
3: Um, honestly, I think if I wasn't majoring in design, I'd probably want to be a social worker. Uh-huh. Um, specifically a social worker that worked with teen mothers or young mothers or single mothers, you know. Because I don't know. It's just something that something about that that's really interesting to me. Maybe it's because hmm. I love babies so much. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, um, I just think it's definitely really interesting to watch. It's a... Um, Teen mom is way better than 16 and pregnant for sure too. So
0: Um Jim, do you have any guilty pleasures or do you just like not even uh, agree I don't with feel the term? guilty for my pleasures. None of them.
1: Maybe Rocky 4? I mean, I kind of feel guilty about loving that movie as much as I do. Uh Trying to think off the top of my head.
0: You know what pleasure I'm really guilty about? Killing homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel bad because, you know, they're humans and they're dying. But True. at the same time, the rush I get is just incredible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a movie, though. Not yet, anyway.
0: Oh, uh, It's a movie that we talked about last week. It's Fisher King. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and it's part of the apt pupil. I think at least it's part of the short story. The apt pupil is based on is he, oh, yeah. he kills That's around right. killing homeless people.
1: The short story is better than the movie. Is it? Yes. I never saw the movie. Yeah. How about like Roadhouse? I love yeah. Roadhouse. I love Roadhouse too. So I like a lot of Patrick Swayze. Me too. Dirty Me too. Dancing.
3: I'm so big on Dirty Dancing. Yeah, as well. You should it's be. It's definitely. I can safely say it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's I've seen that choice. movie more than anyone it's should ever have seen. Unabashedly
1: old-fashioned romantic kind of stuff, and I love it. Patrick I mean, can
3: vouch that I know like literally every word to yeah, it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know spaghetti every word arms. to. I know
1: every <laughs> word to. Spaghetti
3: arms. Carly
0: got really <laughs> excited because she found a T-shirt that just has like this one super obscure line from da- Dirty Dancing on it, just spaghetti arms, and she got really excited because
3: because I have a Dirty Dancing shirt and it looks kind of like a um like a three wolf moon type of thing
0: mm-hmm. with all but like it, the, the... But,
3: it, but it's Patrick Swayze on it. It's, mm-hmm.
0: it's Patrick Swayze howling at the moon.
3: <laughs> kind of similar. Yeah. Hold but me uh...
1: closer, dirty dancer. <laughs>
3: but uh, yeah, no, I found that shirt and I got really, really excited and I hope to purchase it as soon as it's available.
1: I'd like that as well. Mm-hmm.
3: That's such a good movie though. I would it totally, is. I could do a whole podcast on that movie.
1: We could. What else has the Nobody director of Dirty that, Dancing has really? done?
0: Hold on, let me look it up. You guys talk about Dirty Dancing.
1: I've had the time of my life. Oh
0: yes, we could do this. Nobody because, puts baby uh, in a what
3: corner. Else did I do? What, what I? I don't even know who directed it. I'm uh, such a bad his, fan.
0: His name Gary Marshall. Is, his name is Emile Ardolino. Wow.
3: I know who wrote it because I watched like a making of, and she said she got pulled over in s- somewhere driving and. The people of the police uh, searched her car and found a script for a movie called Dirty Dancing, and they were sort of. I think they I think she said she almost got arrested for possession of like pornography. Like it was something really weird. All I remember is that sounds that, like
0: the fakest story I've ever heard. I'm
3: not making it up. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm you're making it. I'm gonna find it up. and I'm gonna email you guys and you're gonna read it on air.
0: And then I'll say that they've made it up is because okay. Eh. Just the words "dirty dancing" on a piece of paper is pornography. No, I th-
3: I'm I'm probably missing an element of the story. All I know is that the the woman who wrote it got pulled over at some point. She got
0: pulled over by the Westboro <laughs> Baptist Church.
3: <laughs> she probably I bet you she was just in a place that was like really uh, conservative or something. You know what I I'd mean? I like
0: to see that movie where John Lithgow <laughs> forbids people from writing the word "dirty" on paper.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My
0: son died because of it. <laughs>
2: Let's dance.
0: It's dirty, not in the Bible, sir. Um, did
1: you ever see the TV version of Dirty Dancing? What's that? Clean dancing? Mm, that's awful. I know. That's why I said it. Uh, that's what I do.
0: So, Emile Ardolino, uh, he he's done three classics in his day.
1: <gasps> Sister uh, Act,
0: and yeah. So he's done Dirty Dancing. No,
3: take me away from my Sister God. Act,
0: and he did uh, Three Men and a Little Lady.
3: Oh my God, we need to do this.
0: Which has features, I think, Ted Danson as love, a fake old priest.
1: I love yeah. the movie Chances Are with Robert Downey Jr. Is, it's like a reincarnation romantic comedy with Sybil Shepard. Really reincarnation
0: good. romantic comedies are weird because it has like a vaguely necrophiliac feel. It
1: does. But There's
0: a couple of those and they like never birth? sit right with me. Have you seen Birth? I don't think that's I a romantic comedy. I really want to comedy. see it. actually. I put, I put <laughs> Birth on our queue. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a romantic comedy. I like Between birth. Nicole Kidman yeah, and the kids from Running awesome. Scared. It's awesome.
1: so Kubrickian. Oh, it's yeah. good? Okay, yeah, good. It's really good.
0: I- and it's one of those movies that came out, like one of those DVDs that came out in between 2005 and 2007 mm-hmm. where they made way too many of them, so you can get them on Amazon for a penny. I look any, oh, wow. yeah there are, like there there are like about like 50 different movies that they just made way too many of and now you can just get them for a penny on Amazon. Uh they usually came out in between 2005 and
1: 2007.
0: Hmm. Um but yeah, so maybe maybe we'll do Emile sometime. We should. Um, It'd be fun. In, in the meantime, do you want to get into what movies we watched this, we watch this week? Watch this. We Wait. Watch, we'll watch this. week? week! We watch this the
1: week? jukebox
0: money. Jukebox
1: money. The jukebox money. Right. Um, I didn't watch too much, other than mostly John Landis films. Right. But for some reason, I had an inkling, um, a desire to watch The Howling, because I hadn't watched it in a very, very long time. I watched two horror comedies, so sort to of speak, although I don't know if they're necessarily super comedic. This is actually one of Joe Dante's more serious flicks, in my opinion. I, there's not, I, I was kind of surprised at the lack of black comedy in this, to be honest. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. I felt forward. the same when
0: I saw it. It's yeah. good. It's really good.
1: It is really good. It's really effective. The makeup is great. I, I mean, we, who's the
0: lead? D Wallace is the lead? Yeah. She's really D. good. D Wallace
1: Stone of E.T. Um, but, uh, I believe Rick Baker also did the makeup effects for the howling. Um, uh, well, I think I think it was the, shared with somebody else.
0: The story is um, he, he, was on, he, yeah, he was working on he uh, was working on werewolf effects for a while because mm-hmm. John Landis was trying to get uh, American werewolf in London, which we're going to cover later off the ground. Um, and then eventually he said to hell with it, and he took a job on the howling to do it. Yeah. And John Landis gave him a call and started screaming and yelling. So uh, Rick Baker handed it off to uh, Rob Botton who's also a very good uh, makeup guy. Yeah. Um, and he just sort of supervised the uh, effects in, on the howling uh, while he did his major work on American Werewolf in London.
1: Robert Picardo in this movie is really freaky as the uh, serial killer that uh, lures her into this world where you know there's a colony of crazy people. and It's very sexual, um, yeah. which I'm not used to in a Joe Dante movie. Um, it, for some reason, it reminded me in spots of like, I don't know, I don't. I don't want to say basket case because the basket case is way more funnier and goofy and campier.
0: What? Wait. What but, reminded you of basket? Case? I don't what know. Maybe it was just because
1: it. it was filmed around the same time. Like just some of the the, the visual style of it reminded me of basket case, and mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure why.
0: I I so I don't even associate them. Basket case is such a lower budget movie.
1: It is a lower budget movie. Uh, <laughs> that's why I don't really know why I thought of it at the time when I was watching it.
0: Or oh, the howling, um, like the effects and everything, yeah. are so top notch and. The tone yeah. is even not the same.
1: I know. I don't understand my brain.
0: Yeah, neither do I.
1: But <laughs> no, this one was—it was a lot of fun to revisit. But um, I, I was just surprised at how most Joe Dante movies have a lot more satire and humor in it. Yeah, and this one doesn't at all. It's very—it's. I mean, it clearly wants to pay homage to a Roger Corman film or a um, Lon Chaney's version of the Howling and all that stuff. But or Lon Chaney Howling or not Howling. Wolfman, Yeah. God damn it. So, yeah. Um, I love the way it ends, too. But I won't give that away.
0: It's a I'll- good... Yeah, it's a real good... It's a good one. I I actually felt the same way about the tone of it when I first saw it, like, about a year ago. Right. Is that, and that's all you want? Any TV or anything?
1: I did watch one other horror comedy as well. Right. The Blob. Um, the 80s Blob. Yes. Very, very, very good. I liked it even more than The Howling. And I think it's more just because... It's it's a showcase for gore. I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, the same guys who did Dream Warriors did The Blob, including Frank Darabont writing the script as right. he did for Dream Warriors, and Chuck Russell directed it. And I was surprised looking at Chuck Russell's filmography that, like, oh, I really like this guy. I mean, except for his last two movies in the aughts, uh, I really enjoyed. You don't like Scorpion King? No, I didn't. Oh. I'm not a big fan of the Mummy movies. I know a lot of people are, but... Uh, I like...
0: I I don't like uh, Return of uh, the... The yeah, Mummy Return, Returns. Mummy Returns. Um, yeah, I really I like the first one a lot, and um, I think Scorpion King is carried by The Rock. He's huh. really good in it. I really like The Rock a lot. Um,
1: That's one of those movies that I know there? I've seen, but I don't remember too much about it. It kind of yeah. left my head after I watched it. The only, um, the
0: only really vivid memory I have of it is The Rock crushing ants. He's buried up to his neck in an anthill, and there's like... <laughs> giant ants or scorpions or something coming towards him and he crushes them with his giant chin. Yeah. And it's very funny.
1: But I was really interested in watching this one again because I don't remember it too well and like some people were saying, oh, you know, it's a lot like The Thing in that it was a remake that was actually successful and it had an up the gore quotient and that's yeah. what made it successful and it's not nearly as good as The Thing, <laughs> but it's certainly a lot of fun to watch. Kevin Jones a lot of clop. fun in it. Yeah, he is. And... That's another thing too is I'm, I'm – every now and then I'll get on a, on a quest and I'm desperately seeking this movie with Kevin Dillon called Remote Control which is a lot like Terror Vision in that an evil force, an e- evil alien force decides to start killing people through the uh, uh, their t- their televisions but this is actually a videotape that they rent. They put it into their VCR and it makes them want to kill people. And it's a horrible B-movie, but it's so much fun to watch. It's one of those movies you get a bunch of people together, get drunk, and you'll have a good time. And it's very, very, very hard to find. It's almost like Bad Channels or, or Terror Vision. It's one of those out-of-print movies that when I was a kid I loved it and thought it was a lot of fun. So I was reminded of that when I saw Kevin Dillon in The Blob. Yeah, and- I, just,
0: I just looked up a Remote Control, and it was directed by the director of a movie I saw this week. Um, oh, really? Well, actually, I just finished it before you guys came over here. Uh, um squirm
1: oh which I which, haven't seen which
0: hmm. I've been asking you guys to watch yeah for a while, I'm glad
3: you finally watched it when I wasn't here
0: because Car- Carly can't take the thousands and thousands of worms in it and it's a very kind of typical bad uh like horror movie um where it makes you sit through about an hour of like bad acting and character development that doesn't go anywhere mm-hmm. before it really gets to the good stuff um but it's it's its existence is it, it, you know it it's worth it's worth existing because it has uh, just scenes with like just tens of thousands of worms, uh, real worms like coming through ceilings and walls, and it's it's kind That'd of incredible to watch. that would be a little creepy. Uh, I really I don't understand where the worms are coming from. Really, like it seems like they're coming from the ceiling. So uh, I don't know if the house is supposed to I mean the house is an underground so I don't know.
1: I don't do too good with movies with excess amount of bugs and creep yeah. crawlers and And it was I all know. like I cannot watch that last scene from the Creep Show or the last sketch. Oh you can't the
0: oh, with the I know. cockroaches. I know, That's I can't probably watch my okay. favorite one there. When I saw it for the, the first
3: time I f- I kept saying to Patrick please let me know if anything gross is going to happen I you know I you know I can't handle it blah 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 cuz I'm extremely squeamish. I you know... It makes I, you
0: squirm.
3: Was that really, like, a good reason to interrupt my story? Just for that awful, awful pun? Huh. That's okay. a gym pun that you just made. I know, which is why I'm sort of surprised it came from Patrick and not you. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not even interested. I'm not even going to talk. No, I'm you not should. even going to talk about this. Please do. Well, just, I, I, I'm really squeamish, and I... Uh, I gag really easily. Um, I the first time I saw Dead Alive, I actually puked um, when they were when uh, who was it? Was it was the mother who was eating her ear?
0: Oh, that's (laughs) right. Yeah,
3: yeah. I oh, just thinking about it gets me really grossed out. But um,
0: and I kept I kept telling you to. No, watch this part. Yeah, yeah. Because I Petric, wanted you to Petric see the ending. Patrick called where e. me yeah. from
3: the other room. Oh, here you're missing the best part. Uh-huh. And it was the part where there's like shit, like oh god, there's bugs and there's like shit exploding. Well, it's right? where no, it's uh. where the
0: it's where the cockroaches are crawling out of Eg Marshall's neck.
3: Yeah, and he wrong. he made sure so that wrong. I saw that, and now I have a hard time it's trusting the best him. Best part
0: that whole that whole sequence exists so you can see that amazing effect. No, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, Not so. A fan. I watched a lot of uh, kind of bad movies. Squirm's definitely a bad movie. Uh, it's kind of a good movie to put on when you're trying to go to sleep. Uh,
1: That's too bad, because remote control is at least fun in a bad way. It's, it's so bad it's good, but it's also really entertaining in how over-the-top everything is. And... I
0: also watched um, the newer uh, X-Files movie, I Want to Believe, which was really bad and really disappointing. Um you're making a face like you don't know what i'm talking about
1: i want to believe
0: x files i want to believe came out in 2008
1: yeah it wasn't horrible
0: it's really horrible oh okay it's uh i mean maybe it's maybe it's because i'm such a fan of the x files that i was more disappointed but the characters are completely wrong Hmm. like that's probably the biggest problem with it um but everything about it's really bad and i was actually kind of like everyone was going was seemed like kind of disappointed about it because it was more of a monster of a week episode instead of a mythology episode. Yeah, that's... but those are my favorite episodes. I don't like the mythology, though. I wasn't a fan of Fight the Future, the the first movie, but hmm. so I was really looking forward to just a feature length one last episode um, with Mulder and Scully. But instead of you know having the same rapport as they do in the TV show, it's completely different. It's super mopey. Uh, it definitely, it's, is. it's really sad. This. The, uh, the actual plot is kind of incoherent.
1: It's more like The Bone Collector or something. Yeah. Like Where it's just really um, and Exhibit
0: is terrible in it, as is... Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Amanda Peet? Yeah, Amanda Peet's really horrible yeah. in it. All the dialogue's really bad. Um, and it has this sort of subplot where Scully's a doctor taking care of a kid. And that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, like literally it exists just so she can make a connection at the end but there's like it's about 30 minutes of movie that doesn't go anywhere
1: again i know i saw it i don't remember too much about it which probably says a lot yeah but at the same time i don't remember hating it i just thought it was like eh it was fine i was entertained as i was watching it
0: i found nothing entertaining about it it's it's really boring and mm. it's really bad uh, and it, and of course as an x files fan i'm just more i'm probably more apt to be you know have more was it more of a
1: serial killer thing going on i can't remember. no they
0: were they were abducting people to harvest their organs oh to,
1: that's right and yeah. it wasn't
0: but and there was like there was a guy whose head was alive but it was never really explained very well huh. and the only there's like only one action sequence and it has like the worst cgi i've ever seen um it's. I thought it was. And there's a thing with Billy Connolly as a pre as a priest who's molested kids, and that doesn't really go anywhere. Mm. Like it's like they do. St- it's just a really bad episode. Um, it's, Interesting. It like if it was just. A, I almost if if to they, re-watch it. They now. could <laughs> edit if they cut out. Yeah, if they cut out the stuff with Scully as a doctor, um, and then they uh, like they just made an episode. It would be one of the worst uh, X Files episodes. Uh probably not the worst but one of them and as a fan it really disappointed me. Hmm. Uh and then I watched uh, Crimson Tide for the first time.
1: That movie's awesome.
0: I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's uh it's really tense and the performances by Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington are really good. Um it unfortunately it devolves into like a action movie in the third act and it doesn't really work as that.
1: Yeah. Like, it didn't bother me. I know- I,
0: fi- I, thought, I found it interesting that it immediately got less tense when people started pointing guns at each other. Like when it was just a battle of wills between, like the the, the captain of the ship and the chief officer. Mm-hmm. Like that was so much more intense and interesting. And then the second people started pointing guns at each other, it right. just I was just I was just sort of disappointed. But even that ended in a you know not you know there there was no villain in the movie, which I appreciated.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: It's definitely the best Tony Scott movie I've ever seen, uh, which makes up for the worst Tony Scott movie I've ever seen, which is Taking of the Pelham.
1: I guess maybe you're... I don't know. Yeah, maybe that is the best Tony Scott movie. I'm not. A, I'm not as big on I, true
0: rem, true romance as I'm some not people. either.
1: I'm not either. I, I I think it's fine. I don't right. think it's great. I mean, I feel like Tarantino's script was, is there, but uh, Tony Scott over directed the hell out of it. I feel like he wanted to be a lot more flashy.
0: Mm -hmm. he over directs everything well yeah that's definitely the case but Crimson Tide you know it takes place in a ship Um, so he was so it sort of forced him to rein in
1: no that's definitely his best movie although I like Enemy of the State
0: I haven't seen Enemy of the State actually
1: yeah I think just casting Gene Hackman in Enemy of the State said volumes about like oh I want to make a flashy version of the conversation. <laughs> right, right. That's all he really wanted to do: make a movie about paranoia with Will Smith, and then you know do his usual. Action well, yeah, I guess a lot
0: of his movies, even before taking the Pelham are remakes, really. I mean, yeah. Crimson Tide is just the Kane mutiny on a on a nuclear submarine, and you know, yeah, and Tarantino
1: because- did some rewrites for it.
0: Yeah, so. it's totally. It, it's you can totally tell where Tarantino did rewrites, and yep. it's always the worst dialogue. I can't believe <laughs> like Tarantino shoehorns a lot of comic book dialogue into it. This
1: movie it. is exactly what the Hunt for Red October should have been. I I
0: haven't seen that one either. That is
1: such like I felt I mean, I saw it when I was younger, but I fell asleep during that. I thought it was so. Dro- I have to say, boring. I haven't
0: seen many nuclear submarine. I haven't seen many submarine movies, but
1: U 571's a good one.
0: I haven't seen that, but. So far, I've seen two, and I'm two for two. Doss Boots one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies of all time, and Crimson Tide's really good. Oh it wait, sure no, is. no, because I've seen Down Periscope.
3: Oh! <laughs> I don't remember that one. Did you watch it just to see Patton Oswalt's cameo?
0: I did. Crimson That's Tide. right. No, no, <laughs> no, no. T- Patton Oswalt is, is credited. Watch that. Patton Oswalt is credited on IMDb as being in Down Periscope, and I watched the entire movie looking for him, and I could not find him. Like, I literally was not paying attention to anything. Like, as random Captain Skipper fucking communications engineer or something like that. Like, nameless crew member. Um, I literally wasn't paying attention to the story. I mean, I would seen it before, I think, actually, on TV. But I wasn't paying attention to the story or anything. I was just looking for Patton Oswald and I couldn't find him. It was like the hardest Where's Waldo book ever. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Patton?
1: Did you watch anything
3: this week, Harley? Well I watched Crimson Tide with Patrick.
0: Aww, isn't it sweet. Uh you like it?
3: Yeah. I um I was also doing my homework at the same time. Um so I couldn't invest all of my time in it. But what I did see and what I was sort of um when I was watching it I found it really entertaining. It was really uh tense and I don't know, just I I didn't want to turn it off. You know. Like I, I, I kept wanting to not do my homework and watch the movie.
1: That's a good sign. Yeah. So yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, Other than that, I watched a documentary about Disneyland. Um.
0: You like yeah you you really really like Disneyland and Disney World, and
3: it's not just like Disney like Disney movies. It's just I am utterly fascinated with with Disney theme parks, and uh, I'm actually saving up to go in november for my first ever trip to one of them and every time i think about it i want to cry so i'm not going to talk about it in length but the um, documentary was i mean you can tell it was done for the travel channel it was nothing in depth it was like nothing like you know
0: all of those travel channel documentaries just seem like promotional videos oh
3: no they (laughs) they totally are You never um, see
0: a travel channel being like uh, the one thing you don't want to do in Bangladesh is talk to the Turks (laughs) or something like (laughs) (laughs) they will Um, cut your hands off. (laughs) um,
3: But I mean, I still enjoyed it. It was just still fun to watch. I mean, I in fact, I'm I'm sure I probably even seen it before. Um, It's just kind of cool to see what they do and how um, how fun the Disney Imagineer's job is actually. And uh, I don't know. It just seems like a super fun place that I would like to visit.
0: Yeah, and when we go in November, you're going to be crying the whole time.
3: Yeah, I already warned Patrick. I don't want any pictures taken because I'm just going to be crying. You guys don't understand. I am from a family where we didn't have a lot of money at all, ever. And the one thing, well, no, I'll say one of the two things I always wanted was a cat and to go to Disney World. And I got a cat finally last year. Took a long time, but I finally got the Aww. cat. So now I got to go to Disney World, and then I think.
1: Yes, you do. That's, the computer that, was agreeing. That
3: legitimately scared me. Like I jumped. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably um, happen a
1: couple of times until I update my antivirus software.
3: But um, yeah, that's pretty. Mu- it's pretty much one of the only things I ever wanted when I was a kid, and um, I don't know. I was sent a tour DVD. Like after you sign up for the website. They send you DVDs in the mail, like just to keep up to date with the rides and what's going on. And I was watching it and I started crying. And Patrick came in and just like, What are you doing? <laughs> just like, I'm crying about
0: <laughs> Disneyland and I want
2: to go. Oh.
3: You know.
0: Aww. I, uh, I remembered one other thing I watched. Me too. Um, you go first.
1: I don't really want to talk oh, too I'm much. Sorry. about I'm sorry. I remembered
3: something too. Oh, go
1: ahead. <laughs> oh, go ahead. It's you go turn. first. I yeah. watched.
3: Speaking of Amber Tamblyn, I watched History of the traveling pants too. Oh God! Without seeing the first one, which is which was dumb because I have no idea who these people are.
1: First one's better.
3: Um. Well.
1: Second
0: one was only uh, done for money.
3: <laughs> I um. I mean, they kind of give you a backstory on it. Yeah. You know, so you, you kinda you can fill in the blanks, kinda you know. But um I just hate how they're all stock characters.
1: Yes, they there's,
3: are. There's oh, the sporty one and uh punk girl who hates like everything. And then there's uh normal, good girl, and then there's who's the other one?
0: There's America Ferrera.
3: And then, yeah, yeah, and there's mm. America Ferreira. Fat
0: Fat is a stock
3: character. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> who's just like like anal, anal retensive though. I know she's the only character I liked yeah. I, I only wanted to watch her side of the movie I
1: liked Amber Tamlin in the first movie because she was a documentary filmmaker
0: Yeah, was she <laughs> trying to make a documentary about you know just something real like her life
1: Yes. oh god that's no, the worst just...
0: thing ever that's the fucking reality bites where it's like my
1: home movies no, are just more she's, real she's, than she, documentaries she came across a, a sweet little boy who had problems or something uh-huh. I can't remember
3: I just, I just Amber Tamlin's character especially just ticked yeah. me off just because no, one, she's definitely. so uh, it's just it's a character that's been done so many times yep. and it's just uh, like she just looks like hot topic threw up on her and uh-huh. it's just really I don't know. <laughs> I completely agree. I, I I know I know why teenagers like the series. I I can see that
0: cuz they're dumb they're dumb and their tastes have No. no
3: way. <laughs> 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 um but uh I don't know. I mean, I, I did watch it from start to finish. I definitely, you know, I was engaged in it. I wouldn't say it was awful, but I won't say it's, it was really good. So, you know.
1: I watched 50 minutes of a documentary on Netflix Instant, and I don't know if I'm going to finish the rest. What is it? Because I was so indifferent to it. It's They call it a documentary film about music.
0: That's the title?
1: It's called The Heart is a Drum Machine. And it's a bunch of... Wasn't that a Kanye West album? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. It's just a bunch of talking heads talking about what they love about music. And at one point, like, I don't even know who it was. Some hipster dude that looks like Devandra Banhart is like...
3: It's probably Devandra Banhart. It probably was. (laughs) But he's
1: just like, I can't describe it. And that was it. Who <laughs>
3: what <laughs> editor chose to put that in oh there? Oh my god.
1: And like Jason Schwartzman's like I really like to look at the microphone stands and the guitar strings. Every and I like to see
3: the
0: hands on the guitar strings. Th- the key to being a Jason Schwartzman fan is to not listen to him talk in interviews.
1: Yeah.
3: Which I don't. <laughs> and yeah. Elijah so. Woods yeah.
0: like Elijah Carly's w- a big Jason <laughs> Schwartzman fan, and you really that's a good that's a good way to go, Carly, because Every time he turns keeping the, yeah, yeah. like, the dream alive. Yeah. Keep the dream alive. I isn't... love the guy's
1: hair, for God's sake. <laughs>
3: I don't I don't really look at his hair, honestly. I just I find I him like it to be very full. attractive. And I like his uh Roles that he picks.
1: Elijah Woods like I like music so much I started my own label. Oh god, do they (laughs) do they
0: like mostly talk to non musicians?
1: Well they no they do. They do talk to some legitimate musicians and they show the process of what it's like to record. It wasn't horrible, but I'm just like why should I care what most of these people think? I mean, music is just this really visceral, insane thing that you can't really put into words most of the it's time. It's like making
0: a documentary about why people eat.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what Juliet Lewis I'd thinks about music. I know she's a oh musician. god, I
3: hate Juliet. <laughs> I know as well. I you hate should. her.
1: That might have been when I just decided, I, I'm going to turn this off. I'm just it's, oh I'm god. just not as inv- as invested into listening to people talk about music. And like, there's little animated sequences in it. That are horrible.
0: Oh God! You know what I'm really, really sick of? What? I'm really sick of documentaries that are just um, that are nothing more than a series of
1: talking heads. And that's all pretty much was. Like, I mean, they show some interactive it, stuff, and they show Tim and Eric. This is how you write a song, and that's it. Uh, no, because it's, <laughs>
0: it's 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 like this isn't a film. Then this doesn't work as a movie. No, it's that's not what interesting bugs me to about. watch. I like documentaries that are actually capturing, documenting something yeah. instead of. I mean, the one exception. Well, no, because vinyl is just a bunch of talking heads, but it's capturing the collectors in their houses in front of their right. collection. So it's and it's super personal. I mean, maybe and there's
1: 50 more minutes of this movie where it's awesome and they show sound engineers doing crazy things and musicians recording awesome shit. But I fucking hated what I saw of it so far. So I don't know if I'm going to bother finishing it up. No, probably don't wouldn't. do
3: it. Juliette Lewis is in it. <laughs> But she was I, want, good. I want that printed I, on a T-shirt. She was good
1: in for five minutes in Conviction. That's the only thing I can give Juliette Lewis. That's right. I, like, Your five I liked minutes. her
3: uh, bit part in the movie enough because she you only saw her like twice throughout the whole movie and that and that's how i like most movies to be little or no juliette lewis
1: i agree, <laughs> I, I agree with that completely. also
3: i hated her in whip it i mean obviously she's supposed to be like someone that you just like <laughs> yeah. hate but i get so worked up when i hate a character so much that i like i need to be held back from the television so i don't throw something at it man I i just really hated her character
0: Really, I
3: just speaking.
0: Speaking of Whippet, another thing I watched this week was a bunch of uh, interviews with Aaliyah Shawkat, which I don't (laughs) think is actually how you pronounce her name. But I I, I,
3: I, that sounds right, though. No, it
0: looks right. But I've seen, like, I've listened to the interviews, and she, you know, that's not how you pronounce her name, actually. But uh, that is how it's spelled, Shawkat. Um, But anyway, I saw the trailer for Cedar uh, Cedar Rapids, the uh, new. uh what's his name from the great office? america ed helms. roller coaster it's a ed helms movie uh comedy oh
1: that's not uh nah.
0: with john c Riley. Huh. that came out at sundance yeah she's in it as a hooker so i have to see it because <laughs> i love Aaliyah shawcat she's the best thing in whip it she's really really funny in that
1: send when we're done just show me who she is
0: uh she's, she's maybe maybe, okay. maybe from arrested development
1: oh okay okay yeah, yeah.
0: So anyway, I was watching a bunch of interviews. Yeah, I could see that. I was watching a bunch of interviews with her. um, One where she just kept trying to make Ellen Page uncomfortable by saying, by replying to every question with dirty, like dirty answers. (laughs) Um, And then I found, I stumbled upon what looked like a home video that she did with Ellen Page and uh, Harm and this this guy Harmar Superstar. Yeah, I've seen that. Where they do uh, Don't Stop Believing.
3: Weird. Uh It is
1: pretty
3: weird.
0: It's very strange and uncomfortable, but. Uh, I watched the first season of Larry Sanders um, on Instant, so I don't need to borrow from you because they have it on Instant. Oh, now.
1: that's nice of them. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then uh, that's it.
1: Cool. Yeah. We should get to our director of the episode. Is John Landon. the U-day director, make some movies. Oh, oh we're going to talk about them now. I don't care if we agree or disagree. I don't care
0: about that. Did you hear that? Listen. It must go to them. It's circling us. No one brought them here. No one wanted them here. Sounds far away. Not far enough. Come on. See God's hands now. (laughs) Our first movie this week is American Werewolf in London, which is a uh, movie by John Landis from 1981. And uh, it is a coming of age sex comedy with werewolves. (laughs) You think? It is. Huh. Totally.
1: Yeah, sure. I, I can it's about that.
0: a It's about a nice Jewish boy coming to terms with his animalistic urges. Hmm. I think. It's definitely the best werewolf movie ever made. Um, hands I down. I would agree with that. I mean, Howling is good. Ginger Snaps is good. Wolfman's pretty good. but
1: Silver Bullet's pretty good.
0: You think Silver Bullet's pretty good? Yeah, let's from not what talk- I remember. Uh, let's not talk right. about Silver Bullet, though. Um,
1: <laughs> Gary Busey, come on.
0: One of the... Best things about this movie is there's no fat at all. Every scene has its purpose. Um, the characters and there's not a, there's not a scene, even scenes that would be kind of boring, like uh, the detectives coming in and talking to the doctor who treated him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, John Landis, who wrote as well as directed, he he writes it in such a way that you know he finds the humor. You know he has the two police uh, detectives. He has them interrupting each other. One guy <laughs> is overstepping his bounds and pissing the other guy off.
1: There's broad comedy in those scenes, and for yeah. some reason it works here as opposed to Last House on the Left with the bumbling cops. Well, no,
0: Last House on the Left is completely different because this movie has a consistent tone. Um, yes,
1: even
0: even um, you know, it's a movie where people get ripped apart by wolves, and people you know have sex in showers set to moon dance. Uh, and it's and it's never, none of it feels like it, they're from different movies. Um, it's very consistent because it's able to make things, it's able to give things emotional weight uh, without um, making things too heavy. And it's able to make things comedic without totally undercutting everything. Right. Um, that's one of the most successful things about it, I think, is the tone, um, which is completely consistent throughout.
1: And um, <laughs> the reason um, the reason why I even saw this movie at a pretty young age was because I was such a huge fan of Michael Jackson. And the uh, behind-the-scenes making of Thriller involved Michael Jackson praising the hell out of this movie. Right. And yet not having seen Blues Brothers, Animal House, any number of John Landis movies. But he loved American Werewolf in London. So he had to hire John Landis to do the Thriller music video and – And uh, I mean, even if you watch the transformation sequence in American Werewolf in London and Thriller, the same sound effects are used. Yeah,
0: John Landis brought the same like creative team from uh, American Werewolf, the makeup and costumes and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the thriller.
1: And the, the thing that really stood out for me in this movie, especially in terms of being really terrifying, is not just the the way it closes out with the werewolf attack and everything, but uh, some of the dream stuff in this movie was really effective.
3: I hated the dream stuff. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I I, I mean, thought it totally worked. Oh, I didn't at all. I thought it was so stupid. Like, <laughs> I... Uh, I mean, I... I can appreciate a good dream sequence. I really can. But this one, I felt like they were so... Like if it just if it cut it down to like one maybe, but like the one with what are they werewolf Nazis like what
2: yeah
3: I thought that was stupid
0: I love that scene Me too. I hate it that I scene's just, one like, of my favorites that's really effective and scary and uh, yeah, I guess yeah,
3: it's scary like but I too. just. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Well, I think...
3: I I just didn't like it at all. Because,
1: like, that's his fear, like, coming out of, like, oh, my
3: God, I can kill my whole
1: family He has
0: seen Lon Chaney and the where, Like, that's established early on that he's seen the Wolfman. Yeah. And he's aware of werewolf lore. And he's aware... And they're talking about, before they even get attacked, they're talking about, shit, this might be a werewolf. Um, He's... And what I think about what, one of the most interesting things about this movie, now that uh, when I watched it this time, was how it sort of dealt with survivor guilt, um, where he almost, like, at first I was like, what is, why did he, he wakes up, finds out his friend's dead, and then seems okay with it, but he keeps having these horrible dreams because he feels guilty, number right. one, that he survived, and um that's, you know, whether or not the ghost of his friend actually shows up is, you know, I whether it's actually a ghost or it's just in his head, you know, it's sort of ambiguous. Um, And I think it almost, it's about sort of survivor, survivor guilt. And it's about, and what those dream sequences do for me is they establish this tension that's going in the back of his head the whole time, which is everything isn't fine. I'm pretending it's okay. I'm pretending that I'm in the hospital and I'm flirting with this nurse and everything's fine, but there's something really wrong happening. And, you know, otherwise it would be, he gets attacked he meets the nurse, and then they have a nice romantic thing, and then nothing happens until he turns into a werewolf that the first time. Um, and I think it, and think what keeps it tonally consistent throughout the whole thing is that keep that undercurrent of what's wrong with me. My dreams are fucked up. I'm having night, you know, I'm having nightmares about running through the forest naked. Um, and then once, so once the transformation hits, it feels inevitable. Instead of oh, how come there hasn't been any horror stuff for thirty minutes? Um, that's what mm-hmm. I think makes the dreams work. And also the, uh, the, the not, when the Nazis come in, like, you know, part of this movie is him being Jewish, you know, they talk about it in the hospital.
3: Oh, I didn't even think of that.
0: Hospital. So, you know, anyone who is Jewish, especially in the seventies, you know, um,
3: they probably have someone who is, yeah, they,
0: in- that they grow up with that. They right. grow up with that sort of imagery and those ideas, um, and there's, I mean, even the Holocaust, you want to talk about survivor guilt or something like that. Right, right. Um, and the way that that is subtly mixed in there, it's not overt. They don't hit you over the head with the Jewish mm-hmm. stuff, but it that makes that dream sequence work for me so well. Plus the creatures that they design are really weird. And it's just terrifying, the home invasion aspect of it.
1: Right.
3: Um, I, don't, uh, I don't directly get survival guilt from his dreams at all. Um, now that I'm considering the Jewish aspect of it, I can definitely, um, I can get behind them more, but I still, for me personally, I think that's such a low point of the movie. (laughs) All the dreams. I mean, I think we could have did maybe just the werewolf Nazi one, you know, maybe if there was just one of them, but I mean, like, it just seems like they were just kind of gratuitous. I don't know. That's just me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they get progressively more intense, you know, and then... Just the way, like, you know, is it the beast, the monster in him manifesting in the dreams, too, I think is really interesting.
0: Which, again, coincides with the fact this is sort of a coming-of-age sex comedy, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, the beast is awakened in him when he gets sexual. And even after that first night where he transforms, he comes back and he's super randy and he's really excited and energetic. And Did you, um, did
3: you just say randy? Yeah,
0: I said randy.
1: Yep. Computer.
3: I've heard agrees. you say that before. Sorry.
0: Horny, Randy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, so do you think there's like there is that subtext in this movie? Because at first I was just thinking it's just a you know creature feature B exploitation movie. It but absolutely. There's, a, there's was. a subtext behind.
0: No, there's it. definitely. I I mean, it works on that level, and in that's the same why. Way of, like something if, like Hostel. Um. No, I, I mean Hostel's a different story. I do believe Hostel has a you know interesting mm-hmm. subtext as well. But I guess the way you could equate the two is that the reason they work. And uh, I think more people would debate whether Hostel works. I think it's a great movie, but um, I do too. but the reason they work is first and foremost they're B movies and they're fun and he, they don't they're not trying to be too serious with it. Right. Um, they know they know how to be have how to have fun without giving up the mm-hmm. what's at stake.
1: I'm going completely
0: crazy, David. What? Now, I'm really sorry to be upsetting you, but I have to warn you. Warn me? We were attacked by a werewolf. I'm not listening to this. On the moors, we were attacked by a lycanthrope, a werewolf. I was murdered, an unnatural death. And now I walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's curse is lifted. Shut up. The wolf's bloodline must be severed. The last remaining werewolf... Must be destroyed. It's you, David. What? Please believe
3: me. You'll kill people.
1: Nurse! Listen to me!
3: Nurse! The supernatural. (laughs) The power of darkness. It's all true. The undead surround me. Have you ever talked
0: to a corpse? It's boring. Uh, His dead friend Jack... It's Jack. Jack's the name, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Instead, he just keeps... Played by Griffin Dunn. Keeps reappearing and is super cheerful. Like, he's never... Yeah. He's he's just very energetic and cheerful. And he's just, all right, well, you need to kill yourself now. Um, Yeah. And just the way they do that is really funny. Um, And it's just the epitome of the dark humor and the actual emotional stake. And... Again, I don't think that I think the dreams are just about something being wrong. But I think I think uh, an interpretation you can have about Jack reappearing again and again is survivor guilt. Um, oh well,
3: well that yeah. definitely. Yeah.
0: Um, but I mean, it's it's just overall contribute. What I meant is like the dream is just an overall feeling of something being wrong, which you could you know, which could be an allegory or whatever for the survivor guilt. What I was talking about before. But um, first and foremost, they work on that level. Mm -hmm. But I do believe there's that subtext there. I believe Landis understands, um, what makes him so good at the sex comedies is he understands that they're the best ones have an emotional honesty to them. Right. Um, I, I, uh, I hadn't seen Animal House in a while and I didn't like it, but I watched it again this week. Um, and I don't, I don't, I still don't like it because, but because I don't think it's funny. I agree. I don't and think a it's lot of people funny. I think would be upset with us and are probably wondering why, for John Landis, we didn't do Animal House and Blues Brothers.
1: Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like those two movies are considered, you know, classics, comedy classics to a lot of people, including my dad. And that I never really got into them when I was younger. I, I, I thought they were overlong and kind of just not my kind of humor. I, don't right. know. I mean, like you can find things in them to appreciate and admire, but as movies as a whole, as comedies, I just never
0: Well what kills what kills Animal House for me is the super weak leads. Yeah. Like John Belushi's barely in it really. Right. He's probably like only the fifth. Like if you were gonna go and rank of important lead characters, he's probably like mm-hmm. the fifth supporting he's like Jason Siegel in Knocked Up, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, so so back to the subtext. I mean, like I, I realized, like at the beginning of the movie, they're talking about babes and you know how they want to. get Right. Laid, well, that's but... what
0: what I was talking about. Animal and, House is is that I think they're it's emotionally honest, and that's yeah. what I think a lot of people respond to it. And I think this movie's the same. Hmm, okay. Um And I think it is a it's coming of age. It's it's about sexuality and all of that. And like he a does lot transform of transform after like a, he
3: has sex like like, like a lot of
0: like a lot of uh, werewolf movies are about that, like Ginger Snaps.
3: Yeah, I
1: was thinking that. There's yeah, there usually is some sort of, you know, psychological or you know,
0: but the way uh, but the way John Landis ties the two together and you know is able juxtap- to make them one juxtaposes thing
1: juxtaposes them really well. Well, in, I don't like,
0: even I, well the thing is I don't think it's a juxtaposition. I think he I think he is able to make them the same thing. He's able to hmm. you know he's able to. Uh, you know, this movie completely works as a comedy. The sequence where he's running from the zoo naked and he's talking to the little kid about being a balloon thief. And, the like, that never feels like it's part of a different movie. Yeah. It all... Um, and it's actually... There's a lot of... I really... What I found interesting watching Animal House in this is the climax of this movie... I did not remember it being so graphic, and yeah, the giant car crash at the end,
1: and the decapitation. Oh, yeah. There's a decapitation.
0: The, yeah, there's a, the guy get the police officer gets his head knocked off, and people yeah. get crushed behind cars, and mm-hmm. it's and really that that is another scene that sort of epitomizes what makes this movie work. Is it takes the slapstick carnage of Animal House, and it just takes it that one step further that would become super popular later in the 80s, which probably, you know, you could find its roots of something like Evil Dead or something or uh, Dead Alive even here of the splatstick kind of uh, horror.
1: Sure. I mean, I, I, I remember like just finding everything that's taken place in, in the uh, the porn theater really funny. Oh, and then it's all hysterical. Su- then all the porn sudden, is hysterical.
3: Yes, it is. is. The oh, See You God. Next Wednesday.
1: <laughs> But then all of a sudden, like the the last the, the climax of this movie is legitimately terrifying. Yeah, but it yeah. works. It's it's you know it's that's that's how it should end.
0: And that's I think a lot of horror movies um, would benefit from being tighter. Uh, mm-hmm. def- and then you know I and think
1: you got you know you got to talk about Rick Baker. It's like he won an Academy well, Award, and he they
0: invented an Academy yeah. Award for him. Yeah, um, they invented the Best Makeup Award for this movie because the werewolf transformation is so incredible though watching it again this time the where- the makeup's incredible but also it's a lot of it is the sound design. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh god, yeah. yeah.
0: And the editing. Like it's not just the fact that it's the most realistic looking effects. Right. It's the way it's subtly edited so every time um it doesn't look like cut to hands growing, then cut to this. <laughs> it looks it's every time it cuts everything has progressed a little bit. Right. So it's it's all about the way it's edited and it's about the sound effects yeah, where like with
1: the nails going up, you'll and...
0: see close-ups of the hands where the yeah. hands are elongating. Mm-hmm. But then, in a long shot, you'll still hear that sound effect of the hands elongating, but they're not actually moving. Yeah. But because the sound effects are so convincing, and because he's moving around, it creates the uh, the uh, the idea that he's actually still changing. Um, it's an incredibly edited scene,
1: and underplayed with like, or, you know. The, the song in the background, yeah. Sam Cook singing "Blue Moon." In I the actually, background.
0: oh, I always remembered it as uh, "Bad Moon on the Me Rise." Me too. While well, he starts- transforming. Oh, yeah. While
3: well, 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 that, well, that song is playing, well, I was like,
0: that's well, while he's that's, pacing that's, around, yeah. right, but right, that's not right. actually. But when yeah. he was
3: pacing, I was like, "Wait for it, uh-huh. wait for it," and it didn't happen. And then
0: it was it was Sam Cook when when yeah. he was I first would I would have
3: liked it better if it was uh, "Bad Moon on the Rise." I
0: but- think it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it oh, no,
3: works. no, it, de- it definitely worked. I just, I thought... Now, this is one of
0: your favorite play horror be- movies. He
1: wanted to play something beautiful while something horrifying yeah. was happening, which I thought was cool.
0: And the, all the moon songs are great, too.
3: Yeah. Um, one thing I really appreciate is ironic um, music over something, like re- especially if it's something really awful that's happening and it's got happy music.
2: Mm-hmm, I, I like really that. appreciate
3: that. And uh, I think... The soundtrack, though it hits it right on the nose, I think they work really well, yeah, all the songs they chose, and um, especially that scene.
0: You know what movie doesn't work as well? Innocent Blood.
3: I didn't even get to talk about...
0: Uh... Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you want. I thought I was trying to transition. Do you... What else were you going to say? Sounded if you want like to you transition,
3: done. it's more than all right.
0: What were you going to say, Carly?
3: I was just going to comment on, yeah, there's no fat in the movie, and I think... As Jim was saying, most horror, a lot of more horror movies should be like this. Um, I like that there's a mythology, but they don't they don't have to go totally in depth with it. Um, mm-hmm. I always compared something like that to like Thirteen Ghosts, where the, I mean the, the remake, of course, um, where it's just it's so unnecessary, and there's. Even on the DVD, you can know the backstories of all the ghosts and stuff, and though that's kind of cool, it's also just completely unnecessary. And they did have, um, you know, uh, you know, like I said, parts of like werewolf lore in it, but it wasn't totally distracting, and it wasn't just totally out of nowhere. I think I think they told you exactly as much as you needed to know.
0: You know what I like about this movie, and like a lot of werewolf movies, actually. I like how every werewolf movie starts at another werewolf movie ending, because someone else had to be the werewolf that infects yeah. the main right. character. And I like I like that idea of um, right after he's attacked, and then the werewolf gets shot, and then it's just a man lying dead. Um, you never find out about that the story of that man,
3: which I like. though. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um...
0: I like and I like sort of the the structure of of stories like that. Um, you know. I don't think he turned anyone into a werewolf, but if he did, you this movie could well, there you know,
1: was a sequel.
0: Well <laughs> An American Werewolf in Paris is I don't know. It it's it feels really it feels sequel. like a wild thing sequel. You know, <laughs> where it's like a sequel in concept, not in characters or story.
1: Yeah.
3: I love the ending of it too. It's just I absolutely. um Yeah. I'm just so glad it wasn't like a voiceover like and I always remembered uh David and I'll always remember him in my life and you know, whatever. I just all, you, all you needed you to see was how tragic it end. was. Yeah. And um, I thought it was a great sex scene also. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there are far better ones, but I um, I kinda liked it.
0: In the shower or, yeah, the, yeah,
3: I, I or just, when you I, know
0: when he's going down on her later too.
3: Oh I guess I I totally forgot about that, but I um I liked how I she's like, Okay, well song. I'm gonna take a shower, so hold on a second. And then you sort of just see him like Yeah. <laughs> you know, like watch tv my ass and then <laughs> like and then just cuts them in the shower like yeah. make it out to moon dance so that's a good edit i don't know i yeah i, I really appreciate that edit hey what are you some yeah. kind of a freak
0: <laughs> now, this guy's lost a lot of blood you know, he had his head blown off. no this guy's really lost
2: a lot of blood marie had a hunger to feed on the evil you want to ride you got one. Michelli's a gangster. Call me son, Who's out to take over the city. I call you. Mari. Wait, Mari. What he didn't Marie. count on was a vampire. Come on, baby. Relax. For the taste for a Now, the undead. Ah! 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 And the undercover. You are under arrest.
1: Right. On the other side of the coin, we've got... Innocent blood.
0: The, the shitty side of the coin.
1: Innocent blood. <sighs> Man. It's not a good, this uh, is not uh, good 11, 11, <laughs> 11, years, Eleven years later, John Landis... Something happened to John Landis in the 90s, and I'm not exactly sure what. Um, so I think he wanted to do a hybrid horror-mafia film sans comedy (laughs) and no humor whatsoever because it's 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 so i'm not
0: sure if i agree that he didn't want to do humor i just don't think any of it worked
1: well probably and i'm not sure he didn't write the script first of all so i think that might have something to do with it and i i admire his audacity i guess to try and you know fuse two you know genres together so to speak but this time he pretty much flat out failed. Well, in, in pretty much every regard.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted to. I think it should be said that the reason we picked these two movies right. was because I mean, one of the original like titles, or what it's also known as, *Innocent Blood*, is also known as a, a French French vampire in America. Like it's we we were kind of under the impression that it was a similar uh, attempt at a, a, an attempt at a similar movie, mm-hmm. um, um, and we thought it'd be interesting to sort of. Uh, you know, see how they how he've succeeded in one end and failed in the other. I don't think it's really a similar movie at all. No. Um, it's it feels just like sort of an assignment. Like he got a directing job. It doesn't feel like he cared too much about it. Right. Um. There's. I, mean,
1: f- I just expected. I mean, just looking at the cast, I got Don Rickles and Louis Guzman. Yeah. I'm like, this is no, gonna be there are, fun.
0: There are John Landis touches, like you know the the Beast from 20,000 20, fathoms. And uh, casting like horror on directors, on the, and again and yeah, casting all of the directors and different parts. Uh, Frank Oz and Sam Raimi and Dario Argento has a bit bit role.
1: Tom Savini. Oh yeah, that's right. Tom the Savini as well. The, Though the newspaper guy was
0: was he a uh, was he a director at that point?
1: No, I don't think he was. Was his first movie Night of the Living Dead? Yeah, really? I think yeah. that was
0: his first direct. Uh, right. I think he also directed an episode of um, Tales from the Dark Side that was horrible, but.
1: I did laugh a little bit at Robert Loggia in this movie because he's being over-the-top Robert Loggia. And at one point, I think he gets pissed off about, like, um, 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 tailgaters. Not t- is it tailgaters? Something, no. Something? What the hell do you call those I, guys? You're it, thinking Lost of Highway. Lost Highway.
0: Yeah. Lost highways. where he gets pissed at Tailgater and beats the shit out no, of him. No, but that
1: happened. Like, he gets mad at one point about b- being in traffic or something. Something related to cars. I didn't, I didn't catch that at all, but I did because I thought it I was funny really and do. it reminded me of Lost Highway and it was hilarious. Um, that was the only time I laughed. No,
0: I, I I think there are two only, and uh, this is a two-hour movie. I you want to see talk about a movie, cut, movie that should way. have been tightened up? You saw the direct? Well, it's yeah. two hours, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. How long? How much longer is the director's cut? Eight minutes. Eight minutes longer. Yeah. 120 minutes is it yeah. just eight minutes of more sex scenes
1: <laughs> no
3: that sex scene was so weird
0: yeah it's totally I'm, I'm, to it. i really
3: admire the fact that he won for the boobs though
1: <laughs> the, the uh who who is
3: that's he
0: does that in every movie <laughs> no, no 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 not not uh john landis the lead actor oh most lead actors is during it... sex scenes they don't want to grab the actress's breast because it's you know it's awkward no, or whatever I'm sure
1: john landis said go for it
0: uh, the guy looked like Treat Williams. I can't remember his name. Is
1: it Anthony LaPaglia? Yes. Yeah.
3: Yes. Right. I, I Yeah, I just, I have the IMDb up and I was just about to say it and you said it. Yeah. But yes, that is him. Um, I, I, what else is he in? Wait, hold on. Because I I definitely recognize his face and I couldn't figure out why. Okay, well, I don't know any of his known fours, so. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the IMDb known for thing is so weird.
1: I don't remember him from, from anything else off the top of my head. I mean, he's always he looks a like a lot of guys. Well, him and Chaz Palminteri Terry are going to probably play gangsters forever. Yeah, that's all. They're, that's all they're ever going to do. And Polly
0: from The Sopranos is and in this. Polly, the yeah, there's
1: some Sopranos people in this, right? Yeah, the yeah. you know the more about that than
0: cousin. I cousin. Uh, Tony's oh, cousin.
3: Oh, I know. Is in this. Okay, I know what it is. I, I I remember him from "So I Married an Axe Murderer." Oh yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> Here's the cop. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he no. always
3: plays in it like kind of Italian. I like prop, "So I Married he? an
1: Axe Murderer." So
3: <laughs> also, he was in uh, "Tales of the Crypt,"
0: the TV hmm. show. Yes. What episode?
3: Abel the oh uh, yeah Abel the cable guy. No, he played Abel the cable guy in one called "Spoiled" from '91.
0: Spoiled. I don't think we've gotten to that one yet on the no. uh, column, which we actually I just started up again. So that's exciting. Um, but I'd say there are two things that that are worth seeing in this movie, um, it, in this whole two hour long movie. Um, and it you, probably amounts to maybe eight minutes of, of the film. There's, the, there's a co- very funny comic scene of Robert Loggia awaking from the dead in the morgue. Yeah, that's and good. Frank Oz and the uh, cop at the morgue are try, like, chasing him around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Oz plays a mortician. And that's I thought that was a funny scene. And then uh, I, it has to be said, Don Rickles has one of the most spectacular <laughs> deaths.
3: Oh, no, it's great. I was really surprised at the effects um, and stuff.
0: Yeah, they, the effects in this movie are actually really good, uh, well, except for the eyes. Oh,
1: well, yeah. Or oh, when Moja <laughs> catches on fire at the end.
0: Yeah, the, the fire really at the end wasn't very good. But, um, but uh, okay, so Don Rickles is, becomes a vampire after Robert Loggia bites <laughs> him. And the nurse lets in some sun. And Don Rickles starts to sizzle. Like, literally, there's grease popping on his skin. And mm-hmm. his neck starts to fall apart into meaty chunks. And it's, it's uh. one of the better death scenes. Like, it's really worth noting. Um, you know, it's not worth seeing the movie for. No. Um, but the rest of the movie's way too long. It's not interesting. The 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 lead actress, who's the lead actress? Uh, she's the, oh,
1: she's so she nice. was in um La Femme Nikita. She was the lead in that and she was married uh, to Luke she was married to Luke Basson. Right. You know. I mean I, I guess John Landis really liked her and Lefemme and thought she'd she was a great vampire, but she's she dead she seems to just ward. be doing
0: like the thing that Abba did when they would record their English songs. Like they just learned <laughs> it phonetically. <laughs> she, uh, yeah. she doesn't seem to understand what any of her words mean. She puts mm-hmm. emphasis on the wrong like yep. syllables oh. and stuff. She yeah. was in
3: uh, Last Mistress.
0: I didn't see that one. What's
3: that? It's, it's very good. It's a movie about a last mistress. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Basically, there's this...
0: Spoiler alert, Carly. There's this
3: guy... Oh, I, I'm going to put it in the simplest way possible because they have so many complicated, like, you know...
0: What genre is it?
3: It's like a period piece, like a erotic period piece, All which right. is... My shit, by the way. Yeah. Um, right up your alley. No, it is. Like, totally. <laughs> um, basically, this guy's had this affair going, this relationship going with, uh, um, what's her name? Oh, Asia Argento? Is that- oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they had this affair going for, I think, like, seven years. She's been pregnant with his child at least once. The baby died dies you end up finding out it's in a flashback but um they have this relationship and then he decides to get married all of a sudden to this like virginal uh girl i forgot what nationality she has doesn't even matter but um well in the movie it matters but not me in me telling you and um he decides to get married and then uh asia argento who's the mistress uh-huh. just it's just about her being pissed off and then he, he basically just keeps coming back to her and then she's like you'll always come back and blah 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 it's just a, a, about their relationship it's it's a good movie i enjoyed it
0: and who does the uh what's her name by the way
3: um, The uh,
0: girl and, woman from
3: hold on and Anne
0: Anne, perilode
3: yeah i couldn't pronounce perilode perilode Perilod. 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 Perilod.
0: perilode so and mm-hmm. and um, yeah. who Just call, play
3: call her it? Anne. We're on a
0: first name basis. We're on a uh-huh. first name basis. First time uh, you I see feel her. like I should. First be on time first... you see her, yeah. Bush, Bush, uh, full frontal backle, sidle nudity. Yep. Um,
1: there you go. Yeah, That's... but now the movie's
0: over long, and it's not funny, and her character isn't interesting, and the
1: tones don't mesh at all.
0: It's it's like a shitty mob comedy um, bumped into <laughs> a shitty horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, where I guess all of the jokes are just Robert Loggia yelling. Uh, like that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's what passes for humor.
1: And you have to have a love story between yeah, this the vampire. Yeah, completely
0: arbitrary love story. And he's
3: like, I love you. At yeah. like, at the end of They've everything. They've known each other for maybe 18 hours. Yeah, definitely 18 <laughs> hours. He didn't even know her name up until like a certain point. Uh... And I think there's a there's a premature "I love you" in American Werewolf, also. Yeah. But I feel like that one is more warranted than this one. Right. Yeah, it's more believable because it's, it's coming it's, from
0: a t- like a teen.
3: It's coming from a teen, not only but not only that, but I feel like you can kind of fill in the gaps. I'm sure they flirted a lot in the hospital. You know, I'm sure there's a there's more that we didn't see. You know more what than I mean?
1: 18 hours.
3: Yeah, more than like a literal 18 hours. So. You know, so I, I, I believe that one and not this one.
1: Yeah, I really do wonder. I haven't seen Wes Craven's Vampire in Brooklyn, but I was thinking of that when I was watching this. Like, which of these two movies take its plot as seriously as it does? Because, like, watching this, I'm like, where, why, why are you taking this so seriously? There's no point to no, it. I you agree. should be having more <laughs> you, fun.
3: And when I was watching it, I just was like, can we turn this off? I'm like, oh, my God, we have to keep watching this. We have to watch this <laughs> whole thing. It's watch a really bad movie.
0: It's probably the worst John Landis movie I've seen, but I didn't see the one he did with Jeff Goldblum, uh, uh, which I heard is horrible. Uh, hmm. The it, that was an early one that is.
1: But let's uh, quickly go through some other John Landis movies that we've right, seen. I, wanna, I wanted to
0: say one other thing about uh, *Innocent Blood* is that if you do end up seeing it and get the net uh, the DVD from Netflix, go ahead and uh, check out <laughs> check oh out God. the hilarious subtitles. Probably um, the best
1: part of watching it.
0: It was the best part for me, for it sure. It was the
3: only thing that was funny for us. Because um, yeah.
0: the subtitles of this movie not only are full of typos, like, like English kind of typos, um, it, it's also in all caps, so the littlest, like, muttered words sound, like, it, it, <laughs> 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 at the bottom of the screen, it looks like they're screaming it. Uh, I took a bunch of screen caps, and we're going to throw that up on the website, directorsclubpodcast.com. But, yeah. So if you want to check that out... Uh, it's it's really funny. Uh, some of the things that end up just just like instead of Robert Logia laughing, instead of like in parentheses it says laughing, it just says under it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was
1: it definitely it was all caps. It made yeah. this
0: movie a little more watchable for me.
1: That's good. At least you had some redeeming quality. Um. Yes. So in regards, we mentioned this earlier. I definitely think Animal House and Blues Brothers are, are are definitely overrated. And a lot of that does have to do with the length of both films. More Blues Brothers, I think, if I recall. Animal
0: House isn't very long. I okay. just I don't I, find I, it funny. And it I felt mean, long. If you find it funny, I I mean I I you know, I'm able to I, th- I think humor is pretty subjective. You can't tell someone that they don't find something funny, you know?
1: Yeah. But even the songs in Blues Brothers, I'm just not interested in John Belushi covering Soul Man. And- no,
0: that was uh, – I, I I only – see, I saw Blues Brothers a long time ago, so long ago that it, I like, it almost counts that I didn't see it because I was only 14. Um, but one of the things that really annoyed me because I was really getting into blues music then was mm-hmm. that it was just, like, a bunch of white people doing soul music. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You'd probably you'd probably hate the commitments then. Yeah. That's what pro- that's pretty much what that is, is too. That what that movie oh, is it's too? Irish it's Irish guys singing blues and well, stuff. I can, I can soul. see
0: that kind of being endearing. I thought it a, was, but yeah. Um but I was just I was just so like, oh God, this isn't blues music. But if you live
1: in Chicago, it's sacrilegious to say you don't yes, like the
0: that's, blues. That's brothers. the other thing.
3: Yeah. Everyone
0: in Chicago is fucking obsessed with this movie. And the
3: thing is is I've never seen it. I've never had a desire to see it. I um it's definitely on my list of things to see because I feel as a person well, who who's grown up in Chicago their whole life they should see this. But the, every time I, I hear anybody talk about it, I just hear about how shitty it is, and but and I, cool. I, and the, I don't want I don't want to commit twenty like, that's twenty hours, <laughs> <laughs> two hours. Like 20 hours. Sorry, um, I don't want Alexander to commit that much Blues time. Brothers and Kratz. Um. <laughs>
1: No, but, like, some of the locations and some of the car chases and that kind of stuff, like, they crashed through an old mall that I grew up near, and, you know, there's, like, cool things to look at about it, you know, and there's some cool cameos. I was but, p- so that must be why
3: my dad likes it, because my dad just, just like, likes like, oh, the- look at that. Yeah. It's cool. They filmed it
0: over yes. there. Um, I will say the best part about Animal House is the amazing uh, music scene where they do shout. The way that's filmed is really great. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a really effective No, there's a really scene.
1: cool, like, they, they film outside of a diner, I want to say, on the streets, and everybody's singing and dancing along. I think Hansen recently did a video satire of that scene from the Blues Brothers with Weird Al.
0: Is that what you call it? Video satire?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Video parody slash homage. To the Blues Brothers. No, there's some cool stuff in the Blues Brothers, but as mm. a whole, it just doesn't work so, for me. So,
0: another uh, John Landis movie, um, or his, not, his first movie was about, a, like, a gorilla. It was called Schlock. <laughs> okay. It was just, like, a monster movie with a gorilla. Now, the um, Kentucky
1: Fried Movie is a collaborative effort.
0: Yeah, uh, that's when he joined the Zucker Brothers. Yeah. Um, I really, really like Kentucky Fried Movie. Me a too. lot of the stuff doesn't really work.
1: Yeah, you kind of expect that. I'm more of a fan of Amazon Women on the Moon, but... Yeah. I
0: actually haven't seen that yet, but um, no, it's, I really... It's still great. Kentucky Fried Movie's really funny. Trading Places is pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's, again, overlong, but very funny. Um, Spies Like Us is damn funny.
0: I really, really like Spies Like Me Us. Me too,
1: very much. It's a good
3: one. Yeah. I definitely liked
0: it. That, that movie really benefits from just having Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd in their prime.
1: But number two on my list, Three Amigos. On what list? On my list of John Landis movies. Oh. Number two.
3: Um, I meant to say about Kentucky Fried Movie also is that I uh, really like the Scott Free part.
0: That's probably the best sketch on the, the entire movie. the board
3: movie. game, uh, the JFK yes. board game? hmm So funny. And when I saw that, I was um, doing an independent study on the JFK assassination. So um, I, I, it was hilarious. I sent it to my teacher. Um, he never commented on it. But uh, <laughs> I like to think that he thought it was funny.
1: Uh, Three Amigos is very surrealist comedy, more like there's a singing bush and singing horses and El Guapo and just some weird side stuff that doesn't belong in a, a normal comedy that I I admire about it. Mm-hmm. I think of it as if David Wayne directed an SNL movie. Yeah. But – you know there's some great character actors in it. You got your John Lovitz and Phil Hartman and Joe Montana and you know there's a lot to love about Three Amigos. And but more also of it's Martin like one Short. of the, it's one of the first movies as a kid that I videotaped and put on an audio cassette because I wanted to memorize everything about it and I loved it as a kid. There's and also Martin Short. It. I know. I'm sorry Patrick that it, <laughs> if you ever want to watch it you got to endure Martin Short.
0: I don't know. I'm going to I'm probably going to see it sometime this week. I just Martin Short i understand martin short always feels like he just wandered off of a 60s variety i like him
1: in bit parts though you know what he's you know hi
3: everybody (laughs) 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 Ah, i I know you hate the episode of arrest development that he was on he ruined an entire episode of the greatest uh, show ever i thought it's i think it's so funny i I, just because it, it makes you so uncomfortable
1: do you know the when best he It makes me uncomfortable cuz Do you know the best Martin Short? Show. You watched it with me. The best Martin Short appearance or role because he's only in it for 5 minutes. Actually and it's, it's subtle.
0: The best uh, Martin Short appearance hasn't happened yet and that would be his funeral. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> oh. What are you
0: what are you talking about? What 5 minutes are you talking about?
1: The big picture. Christopher Guest. He is hilarious. I don't even remember him in it. Oh come on.
0: I don't Oh, I remember Kevin Bacon, God. and I remember Jennifer. You actually laughed. I, I remember that. I remember Jennifer Jason Leigh was really good in it.
1: Well, she's always good. She was talking. About Oddly doing enough, per- performance did you know that John, Did you know that John Landis killed Jennifer Jason Leigh's father? Oh, is that his? <laughs> that was her father. <laughs> yeah. What? Vic oh. Morrow. Yeah. Okay. Not uh, literally. Not not literally, but John it was Landis an filmed a
0: segment for the Twilight Zone movie, and in it, Vic Morrow and two two of Vietnamese boys or Chinese boys or whatever got killed.
1: Yeah. A helicopter crashed and killed three actors on the set of Twilight Zone. The oh, movie. wow. Yeah, and one of them was Jennifer Jason Lee's dad, Vic Morrow. Yep. I didn't oh, know that, that was a big Jason lawsuit dad. and That's everything. A yeah, it is. Sorry, I to, wonder, sorry to bring everybody down from Three Amigos there. I mean, is, I would
0: say that that had an, a big effect on his career, but after that, he did Thriller, Three Amigos, Spies Like Us, Coming to America. Yeah, so.
1: Coming to America is great. I love that one movie. It was
0: Oscar in 91 where he started to go down
1: Yeah. I don't know what happened.
0: I think I think Oscar... Hold on. I, he didn't write Oscar, did he? Mm, no, he didn't. No.
1: So, did Stallone write it?
0: No, he did not. Okay. Um, Stallone had left his creative period. I think that's what happened um, to both Stallone and John Landis in the 90s is they just left their creative period yeah. and they just started taking... Beverly you know, Hills Cop Beverly Three Hills Cop is in a mo- Blues Brothers Pro- Two Thousand. Blues Brothers Two Thousand.
1: I don't think I could ever sit through that movie. That's one movie that I will never ever watch for any reason whatsoever.
0: It wasn't until uh, it wasn't until the two thousands when he started doing documentaries that he actually started.
1: Um, oh, he did a documentary for Don Rickles.
0: Yeah, he did uh, a good, really good documentary about Don Rickles called Mister Warm.
1: I'll give that a look.
0: Um, yeah, it's definitely good, especially if you like piece of work, the Joan Rivers documentary. Yes, it's it's a little more about Don Rickles' history than his present, but it's really good. Um, I love Don Rickles. Uh, so. He did a really good documentary about a car salesman, used car salesman, called Slasher.
1: Misleading title, a little bit though.
0: Well, yeah, you see John Landis, <laughs> and you see the title Slasher, you think it's going to be something different, but it's a fascinating documentary because you think it's going about. It like it starts off. You think it's going to be about the slick talking used car salesman and how he, you know, manipulates people into buying stuff. But his job, like he he ends up being really bad at this one job he's doing, mm-hmm. and it turns into like how he deals with how this guy who's super confident deals with failure, and it's really interesting.
1: He also did some episodes of a show that I really liked called Dream On, which was one of the first risque sort of HBO sitcoms with Brian Benben, Michael McKean. I think you would eat that show up if you got a hold of it. Is I don't it on know if DVD? That's a good question. I don't, I don't think I don't, it is.
0: I think we looked before and it yeah. wasn't on DVD. Yeah, no. But Maybe it, on Netflix Instant someday.
1: Before Larry Sanders, there was Dream On. Not that Dream On is as good as Larry Sanders, but still, they, they sort of broke new ground with mm-hmm. sitcoms.
0: And then speaking of television shows... His two episodes of Masters of Horror are among yes. the best of that show. Uh, Dear Deer Woman is really good. Family's great too. Family's great, uh with um, George Wendt. George Wendt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was really good.
0: But Brian Benben is in uh, The Deer Woman. He's the leading Deer Woman. And that That's has right. And Deer huh. Woman Deer Woman features one of my favorite um one of my favorite movie tropes ever, which is a coroner eating a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> like, whenever they have to establish that the coroner is, like, used to seeing dead bodies and so nonchalant about it, they just have him eating this huge fucking triple decker sandwich. Just, oh, yeah, just put it over there. Oh. There's, like, at least seven movies that have coroners eating sandwiches, and they're all great.
1: <laughs> written by his son, I believe, correct? Yeah, yeah. That cool. uh, was
0: written by Max Landis. Yeah. Neat. And. <laughs>
3: uh, what? <laughs> Nothing. Carly?
0: Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Say it, Carly.
3: What
0: about Max Landis? Can I? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. You look Patrick up knows up.
3: Max Landis. I
0: don't.
3: <laughs> he I, says uh, he doesn't, but he does. He Facebook knows Max Landis. No, I'm
0: Facebook friends with Max Landis um, because I was. He makes a lot of YouTube videos. Um, he's actually, which
3: you just found, right? Yeah, I found.
0: I found because he he does a lot of funny like clips of from movies and stuff like that. Um, uh, but. So I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he's actually a screenwriter now. He has a movie uh, oh, cool. coming out um, soon. I mean, he wrote the script for Dear Woman, and he did an episode of Fear Itself, but it's awful. He has a. It wasn't a good episode at all. No, 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 <laughs> no. The episode he did was the one with uh, Wendell Pierce. The where the guy turns into Oh, comes in I the thought werewolf. it was the
3: one with Elizabeth Moss. No,
0: that that was a different episode. Okay, the one with well Elizabeth then, Moss is awful. Well,
3: then, the one with
0: Wendell Pierce is pretty good.
3: Yeah, I, I that's. And I yeah, think also good.
0: features a coroner eating a sandwich, <laughs> like.
1: Um, John Landis directed an episode of Fear itself too. Yeah.
0: yeah, it wasn't that one though. But I didn't see that. Hmm. I didn't see John Landis's episode.
1: Yeah,
3: but, that's um, crazy.
0: But yeah, we were actually debating whether or not to bring up that I'm. I sort of now not really know. Max I, would, I would
3: consider. I don't know. You're like internet friends. Like you, I'm they Facebook. They comment friends with him. on each other's statuses and stuff. He has though. commented
0: on a few of my statuses. That's it. I um that's
3: I, awesome. I also use Patrick's Facebook to look through his pictures. <laughs> yeah. he's, just... he's very cute, by the way. Yes. Um, also, it's just weird that he posts like family pictures of like his family with John <laughs> <Why> Landon <laughs> and, and his. Yeah, no, it's just like too weird, weird to me. To me. That's like, not okay, weird. maybe it's because I've always been kind of weirded out. I mean, not like freaked out, but just sort of. It's weird to think about. How celebrities have families, and celebrities have favorite things, and mm-hmm. celebrities like have favorite. You know? It's weird
0: for you to think of them as real people.
3: Exactly, I sort of think of them as like you've an, always a, had
0: that sort of problem. An, an oh. entity,
3: yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just weird to see that. You know, they're taking funny pictures with their son, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> what is that doing there? I don't think you're any of famous. This. You Would know, you get
1: freaked out if you saw your professors in a grocery
3: store or something like. Um, I didn't see my my one of my professors in the grocery store and Uh, I did freak out actually.
0: (laughs) So is that, is it a similar freak out or a different kind of freak out?
3: No, it's, well, obviously it's different. You know,
0: I, I think it's like it's, like, I
3: know, I know my professors are normal people. I don't think of them as celebrities, especially this particular professor. Yeah. Um, but just it's just weird to see like John Land is like goofing off with his wife and his kid and you know, it's just <laughs> I don't know. I mean it's not like weird, like I'm not like put off by it. It's yeah. just sort of like oh, I forgot. Do you
1: follow Twitter celebrities though?
3: And see like the I don't, pictures I, they put no, on? No, I don't oh. I don't really use Twitter. Okay. Um I only do but, when I'm at work right. and I'm bored and I don't have mm-hmm. work anymore. But um I don't know. Like it's just it's it's just funny to see hilarious. Thanks. Also, I found his, his mother's Facebook. <laughs> and that was also weird. Just, just like <laughs> n- people who are kind of famous have Facebooks. Yeah.
1: Patrick, can you find out if Sam Raimi has a son? Sam can Raimi does him? have a
0: son. And add him. Um, his name is Ted Raimi.
1: No, Did that's you know his that? brother. There
0: was a time travel accident. He ended up with a sim- <sighs> simultaneous Stop brother son. It. It's a brother son, Jim. Oh, Why um... do you think Ted Raimi looks so weird? <laughs>
3: Also, Max Landis always has, like, hilarious profile pictures, very similar to the, like, pictures I like to take of myself. Yeah. And um, there's one where he's, it's not funny, but he's, like, hanging out with Al Pacino. What's his uh, relationship
0: status? He's single. (gasps) Yeah.
3: And you, you look at me like, oh, good, you could totally get in on that. And my boyfriend's sitting right across the room. No, I mean for me. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I approve of that. Good. Um,
0: John Landis has a new movie that came out last year
1: called Burke and Hare. Yeah, I,
0: I don't know God if it's damn. coming. It's got out. Simon
1: Pegg. It's got
0: Simon Pegg, and it's got a. And the circus. Circus, right? Yeah. Um, and it, I don't. I have I see nothing about a US release or a DVD or anything but I'm excited to see it cuz it's about two grave robbers. It seems like a dark black kind of comedy mm. and it's John Landis' first, you know, fictional feature film since
1: 1998. It's got a 35% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh.
3: I have a question. That's sad. I know. What is the difference between Blues Brothers 2000 and Blues Brothers? Nothing?
0: But there's there, are, there are, they have the same they have the same plot sort of. One is one is getting the band together to save an orphanage. The other is getting a band together to, I think, save an orphanage again. <laughs> um, one one has John Belushi. One has John Goodman.
1: Oh, I thought it was going
3: to be James oh. Belushi. Also, I lied. I did see part of Blues Brothers, and it's uh-huh. because I used it for a presentation. He used it as a visual aid. Okay. I did mm. a presentation on Cab Calloway. Mm-hmm and i for i think he's in it's it's the original blues brothers where he's performing mini the mooch. I would right? imagine
0: i don't think he was uh, alive during blues brothers 2000. You'll
1: you'll be happy to know that there was a blues brothers 2000 video game.
0: Oh, i knew for that. Nintendo. 64. I did know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's uh it's horrible. I played it. I rented it once.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: I saw blues brothers 2000. But um, it was horrible. It was. Yeah. It was very horrible. Um
3: Never seen it.
1: No, uh, need, no need. No need to. It's yeah, I, did, okay. I
3: didn't feel compelled, so... No, it's like I nine hours long. Sure. It really? It's longer than the first one? I think
1: it is. No, actually, it's not. It's oh, like God. ten minutes shorter. But, John Lance
3: has a problem with keeping his movies down. Least... I think
0: Blues Brothers 2000 was all Dan Aykroyd. Dan yeah. Aykroyd seems to be the big... Oh, let's get the franchise. Like, Dan Aykroyd seems to be the guy who really wants the money now. Like, he's the one. Tri- he's the one who keeps talking about Ghostbusters 3. He's the one, you know... He's the one always trying to sell his vodka. Blues Traveler's oh in this. God. Yeah, Blues Traveler. <laughs> there's a random Blues Traveler mu- number. And then they end up, instead of a blues festival, they end up at a bluegrass festival. So they play Ghost Riders in the Sky.
3: Oh. Uh, huh. Yeah. Well, I like coffee and I like tea.
0: I don't think they play that song. Oh. Uh,
3: my, um, my best friend, seps uh, Sister, Step Sister, has a corgi that she trained to run around the house to, uh, but I forgot that song's name, but it runs around the house whenever runaround. It hears- it's called Run Around. Well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, whenever the dog hears the song <laughs> Run Around, it freaks out and starts running through the house because that's what they taught it to do.
0: And whenever, do um, they have a
2: hook
3: for it? Yeah,
0: whenever, yeah, whenever <laughs> they, they play the song The Hook, it starts to reenact it starts to play the villain in Peter Pan suck it in suck
1: it in suck it in suck it in suck it in suck it in he says that my in that parents
3: song. were really into Blues Traveler I'm sorry
0: do you have a low a tolerance harmonica? for harmonica <laughs> that's what I was gonna ask does he walk doesn't he walk around like a vest like you know how like Rambo yeah, has a bullet yeah. harness yeah but he loves <laughs> he it's like, for like, like
3: a like a fisherman's vest but yeah. instead of like little like I think boggers, he, got a, he, has just he got his
1: stomach stapled yeah. and he did? You know, is he skinny now? yeah he's skinny Skinny Blues Traveler. That's the name of the new band.
0: <laughs> Blues, Blues Traveler Light.
1: Blues Traveler 2000. Anyway, that's that's
0: John Landis' career.
1: In a nutshell, that is indeed. And I mm-hmm. really have to pee. Yeah. So I think we we're going to wrap up the show.
0: Yeah. I don't think we're going to do the thing we originally planned where I turn into a werewolf.
3: <laughs> I forgot until now. Yeah,
0: because I didn't set it up early on. Yeah,
3: I was kind of hoping that we wouldn't, actually.
0: Oh, well. You oh, went.
1: we're not. It's not
3: funny anymore. No, no, I didn't think it was funny to begin with. Oh, oh I, wow, wanted to not... one,
0: I wanted to I wanted. I thought it was very funny, but I wanted to introduce one thing. Um, if you have, if you dispute something that we say on here, like if you, you know, if you, if you, if you uh, if loved you dis-
1: Innocent Blood, you
0: loved Innocent Blood. You, uh, you just disagree with something that's said on the podcast. Um, you email us, uh, and uh, if we think it could make an interesting argument, we'll uh, have you Skype in. And appear on the show for five minutes to uh, uh, to argue your point. Yeah, absolutely. It's a new new segment, we're hoping, called Dispute This.
1: Yeah, we're going to have more guests. With an exclamation guests. point at we're the end. We're definitely going to have more guests in the future. Maybe a
0: upside-down exclamation yeah, point God, at the beginning. Yeah, because I suck. So it's mm-hmm. Mexican.
3: Um. Yeah. Carly,
1: it was wonderful having you on the show.
3: Oh, the well.
0: Do you have anything you want to plug?
3: Um,
1: A hair dryer? You know, plug... Is there like
0: a res- restaurant you were at God. recently that you just like that you want to plug, or
1: no?
2: <laughs> we <laughs> about, definitely don't want plug, to plug. How, how about you Caesar's plug your pizza. favorite
0: uh, your favorite um, face products? Lush.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll uh, I'll plug some Lush uh, cosmetics. Uh, it's uh, cosmetics made <laughs> out of natural ingredients that they don't test on animals, and it's the only thing Aww. that my skin likes. That's good. Because I have uh, very 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 sensitive skin, I get some sort of irritation on my face at least once a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, yeah, if you've got sensitive face (laughs) or if you've got any sort of facial issues, (laughs) they will help you. Other, if you're ugly, they cannot help you, but they can make your skin nice. Um,
1: If you're ugly, we still love you.
3: And today,
1: if if you're ugly,
0: they won't even they won't even serve you. (laughs) They'll kick uh, you right out. If you're ugly,
1: and you know it. Today
3: I bought a new face mask and. uh, what was that?
0: That was me clapping my hands because I'm ugly and I know
1: it. Go ahead.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> I uh, I bought a False. face mask and uh, it was it, I haven't tried it, but I've tried it before. It's called BB seaweed and it's.
1: Uh, Is it the Hannibal Lecter face mask?
0: Yeah, the little bars in front of the mouth so you can't yeah. bite people.
3: Oh. Okay. No. God,
1: you give me that look like God. I just raped your.
3: Cat. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Enough mm. with the rape jokes.
1: Oh, we Rape culture. Oh my god. We beat that to death last episode. No more, we're not going to hey, discuss that anymore.
0: You know how many people every year are beaten to death, Jim? Let's, let's <laughs> knock off the beaten to death oh, oh, jokes. Sorry. All right? Violence oh isn't funny.
1: That's why I'm going to shoot you at the end of this episode.
0: Oh, that'd be great. Um, next episode is going to be in two weeks. We're going to be talking about director Todd Haynes.
1: Yeah, with a guest friend and musician Russ Woods. Yeah, He'll be you joining. You not to us. mention
0: musician. He's not going to be playing anything. Well,
1: maybe, maybe he will.
0: Why don't we just like, you know, just mention other things about him that aren't relevant?
1: I'm sorry. Oh,
3: God. <laughs> Patrick
1: does this to me all the time, and then I, I, could go, name a few. I go to therapy. That's why I go to therapy Saturday mornings. Is it me? Yeah.
3: Because <laughs> Patrick and I just shoot Jim down at every yeah. single opportunity. But that's what I'm used but he, to. But he knows that we love him, though. He also, knows he it's says, all in good fun. Also,
0: pretty much everything that comes out of his mouth is stupid and worthless. I agree. <laughs> so, uh, Like <laughs> Directors
1: Club Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, You want to email God. us, Directors Club Podcast That was the at dumbest gmail.com. thing I've ever
0: said. Um. And that's it.
1: Yeah, so um see you all in a couple weeks. Visit us at directorsclubpodcast.com and my name is Jim Laskowski.
0: My name is not Jim Laskowski.
3: And neither is
1: mine. Dang <laughs> You know what he's, he's know. Just, Hi, everybody! I might
0: Shut up! Oh, I can't, I can't believe a married
3: couple has sex. Ooh, gross. Oh, man.
0: I really showed him.